Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo, or at least one of them. It kind of depends, and probably some rando too. But no complaining, because this is free. Free! This is Beauty and the Beta bonus audio content. Hello and welcome to the show. This week I was a guest with the Deplorable Bat Cave, which is an international group of gentlemen who met through my material and um, and my podcast with Blonde. And now they do a weekly stream themselves. It was fun to chat with them about Second Amendment issues, about the Parkland shooting and media coverage of it, and uh, other topics as well. If you like what you hear... And I hope that you do. Check out the Deplorable Batcave with the link in the description and tell them I sent you if you do. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, denizens of the internet, welcome back to the Deplorable Batcave. Your w- semi-weekly dose of keck, cringe, and all things in between. Uh, tonight, we talk about somber topics, keck topics, just stuff. Joining us tonight, we have Matt Christensen from from his own YouTube channel. Say hi, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me, and uh, and thanks for supporting my stuff too, guys. Really appreciate oh. it. Oh yeah, <laughs> we all, we all we all actually met on your channel, so yeah. Is that so? Yeah, you guys yeah. met through through my stuff. Yeah, we met we on your Discord, Discord, and then uh, then we set up our own little deplorable bat cave where we hide that's, out. That's pretty cool, man. That's um. That that stuff always gives me the feels, you know, when when friendships are forged and you know stuff yeah. like this pops up. International friendships, no less, because we have yeah. a token Brit here. Oh, oh, yeah. really? Indeed. I've been I've been lectured by British people about gun issues the last few days on Twitter. <laughs> the irony is, we we have the other side of the argument here. Good, yeah. thank yes. thank God. Please don't. <laughs> you may be pleasantly surprised. Thank yeah. you. I've been, yeah, I've been lectured by so many of them for um, having the gall to want to defend my life and property. <laughs> <laughs> Have you countered with the, well, are you guys going to start banning trucks yet? <sighs> uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of, a lot of that stuff, I don't think it's wrong. I just think it's kind of tired, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't go with the truck of peace stuff, but it's mostly just like, I can't believe people are so willing and eager to surrender their ability to defend their own life and property to the state. I'm not saying the state has no role in protecting those things. In fact, I think they have a major role in that. But at the end of the day, nobody can do that for you on a moment's notice but yourself. And I can't believe... Are you you referring to the United States in particular, or do you mean any country? I mean anywhere. Okay. Can I I jump in on this one? Sure. So... Within the United States, you have it's an almost sacred um, and intrinsic aspect of the country's identity to have the ability to defend itself. Yeah. And the ability for any one person to defend themselves against potential tyranny. This is a unique phenomenon of the United States. It's something that sets it apart from any other nation on the planet. And. It is something that's alien to other cultures that are either still under rule, and by the way, I am a royalist, um, or are happy for the government to take away their rights on the basis of, well, they will defend us in the long run without 
looking to history's repeated uh, examples of how that yeah. tends to end how, up So uh, it, it, is, it is strange to me because it does seem clear to me that we come from very different cultural perspectives. And, and I, you know, as I said, I can completely understand that the state has a role in protecting life and property for everybody. But the state, is it just that the U.S. is more rural? Like, there, if I were to call 911 right now, I don't even, I'm not way out, but it would, I would guess a response time would be like 10 minutes. So what happens in the 10 minute interim? Actually, considering it takes me five minutes to drive to my local police station, I would expect 10 to 15 minutes too. So. Yeah. I mean, in places like the UK or elsewhere, what do they say about that interim? What am I supposed to do? You, you have lots of rural areas in the UK as well. And you have the, the village lifestyle. The, yeah. This is fast changing, of course, for various different reasons, notably <coughs> immigration. Um, but a lot of these decisions are made by people in the most populous areas, which are, of course, major cities. And that's where this mentality does not apply. You have a lot of police because in major cities, you'll have a lot more crime. Mm -hmm. And police need to be on, on standby and they don't know everybody on a first name basis. Um, though in the UK, of course, uh, this is uh, made all the more complicated because police will not no longer respond to burglaries, but will respond if you make naughty comments on the interwebs. Oh, yeah. of course, yeah. Well, one thing I also kind of know from history that's um, that I find interesting that isn't actually talked about a lot during uh, right before the American Revolution, the British government actually tried to strip firearms from the American colonists. It was one of the re was one of the reasons why a lot of people joined Washington and his rebellion, hmm. because the Brits were trying to stop it. And basically, the Brits learned after America, don't let your colonists have guns. Mm -hmm. And that's why America is so unique. Part why America is so unique with firearms. We were the only one that was really able to keep them. Everywhere else kind of had most of them stripped. Unfortunately, on the topic of guns, we have to we do have to bring up the uh, <coughs> now people like people like Matt have covered the topic ad nauseum. So we're going to do a slight divergence from the norm. We're going to talk about the news and coverage surrounding it. The over dramatization of the outrage, because I could I swear I could probably write you could in a basic English class on a on a college level, you could probably write the stuff, the fluff pieces you've seen. The, the students' eyes welled up with tears as one by one lawmakers shatter their hopes and dreams by allowing people to continue purchasing guns. Hmm. The purchasing uh, like of guns wasn't the failure here. What was the failure here was the system. Oh, hey, Bigfoot. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Welcome aboard. <laughs> okay, have so, we started yeah we started yes okay. no problem but yeah but, uh, as i was saying it was the fbi was warned about this guy a day before he did it along with local law enforcement and this and the sheriff i think him and his deputies went to the kid's house like 39 times over a five-year period yeah did you guys see the news today too that apparently the armed uh deputy on the campus of parkland sat around and never engaged the shooter during the active shooting situation there was an armed deputy on campus yeah there was there was but he had a handgun um and he was, uh, you know, in, fa in fairness to to him and to play devil's advocate what was the reason for that was he seized by shell shock was he 
he he uh, resigned today. I don't know the exact reason, but uh, uh, he yeah, resigned. He, he, look, he failed at his duty. Uh, an officer's job is to get in between the bad guys and the innocents. Sure, sure. I'm not. I'm yeah. not denying that. I'm just the, the only be, time they a number of reasons why that happened. Yeah. The only time I think the cops don't get involved <coughs> is if their presence actually is a clear and present danger. But in a situation like this. The cop should have gone in there, dug in where he could, and just basically tried to keep this kid down until backup got there. That would have given more kids time to escape. So it makes so the guy he's resigning, so he at least feels guilt about the incident. You know how big the campus is for the high school? It's thirty two hundred kids. It's a it's a I don't know yeah. like the the square you know square footage or acreage or whatever, but it's it's a big place. Yeah, thirty two hundred. Yeah, that's a very big school. Yeah, even, yeah. even American standards, that's a big school. Yeah. Huh? It's almost like a work camp. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but the, but the coverage of this has just been extremely melodramatic. And I think the reason why is because you really can't blame guns in this situation. You kind of have to blame the system. Okay. I have a question for you guys. Hypothetically speaking, what if this had been like an incident in China um, with the, uh, I believe it's pronounced uh, Uyghurs, uh, like a. Uh, like the Cheng um, name, and they tend to go on a rampage with knives. Well, uh, I think the I think the one China story that people tend to bring up that had multiple attackers, so that's not a really good comparison. But there is a Japanese knife attack that had one person, and he ended up killing like nineteen people. Well, that that one was I think he killed. Well, what was it? Um, like disabled people while they were on the beds. Hmm. Uh, okay, but uh, hypothetically speaking, let's say he had um, a bladed weapon and he'd gone around hacking, mutilating as he went along. Uh, it probably would have when... only made re- it probably would have only made regional news, um, and uh, maybe state level news, and then it would get mentioned that there was um, there was a knife massacre at the national level for about an afternoon. Then it would have disappeared. So it's it's not about people being killed then, or people. It's about being guns. Mm. Yeah, it's about guns. <coughs> yeah and also you know just to that something i found interesting the media that did you guys hear about them jumping on the whole uh white he's a white supremacist part of this uh florida militia yeah yeah and the thing is if you actually dig into this militia a little bit you find out that actual white supremacist groups are embarrassed by these guys uh embarrassed by whom um, the, uh, I can't remember their name. By the, was, oh, the, the, the Republic of Florida? The Republic of Florida, that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, the, the bigger so they're, ones are embarrassed by them. Why? Because they're, why are they embarrassed they're by attention, them? They're intention hawks. The okay. Republic of Florida has a history of contacting the media trying to get attention for itself. It's yeah, wasn't that basically what happened? I mean, it was all this yeah. big trolley effort anyway? Yeah, pretty much. The Republic of Florida, them trying to connect it is odd because the thing is if this was like you know a, a i would you know, I, it's hard to call, the, uh, call any white supremacist group legitimate but a legitimate quote-unquote white supremacist group if one of those claimed the kid they would have had you know and they wanted to do it this would shoot their message in foot because he was attacking a school that was majority white yeah. so it makes no sense why white supremacists would target this don't you think it would target a majority black or hispanic school i think we can see of the last uh, year yeah. and a bit of that logic is not necessarily the issue here and sensationalism is yeah well yeah and it goes it goes to show the thirst to to try to blame 
white nationalist groups for things like this. I'm, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't inquire where there's evidence to oh, suggest yeah, that's the course. case. Sure. Motive is always important. Yeah. But there is there is a there's such a thirst for it that at any any sniff of that being the case, they completely abandon proper journalistic yeah. protocol well, and they just run with it. Well, I, I, pers- I personally feel that, that that goes in accordance with using their platform to stifle um, discussion on any other topic that they don't want to, um, hmm. to be engaged with. Yeah, and um, this is the exact same thing they do here in the UK as well. Far right groups are completely insignificant here, yet they are inflated and, and drawn into the public sphere. Yeah, well, uh, far well, too often to divert attention from much more pressing well, issues. Doesn't that kind of back? Okay, the left, its its playbook is the rules for radicals. Isn't that actually the worst thing you could possibly do? Because you're making the enemy perceived to have more power than it actually does. And that's one of the tricks that uh, Rules for Radicals talks about, where you you act like you have more power than you actually do, and your enemy will fear you more. See, well, this is from the same mentality that used 1984 as a guidebook. True. I, I, I rescind those statements. <laughs> Spot? Um, it, well, in relation to this, I mean, any anything that goes against public view or any dis- dissection of any part of this is uh, pulled apart by those in power. Look at YouTube, uh, YouTube itself are, are removing videos that are talk- have people talking about this or noticing inconsistencies or I mean, when you have Every form of media trying to push the same thing that that should raise alarm bells across the board. Yeah, but the thing is, it doesn't seem that they're actually getting more support for gun control. It seems that we've already reached saturation, and they're trying to push more and more. But it's only going to backfire. It's going to make people say, "Well, you you push for all these laws, and some have been implemented, and they haven't done anything." Doesn't that mean we should try the opposite? Maybe deregulate yeah. guns? Well, and they're going about it the wrong way, too. I, th- I do think that they're probably in position to gain some ground if they wanted to um, and if they were serious about compromise. But the problem is they instead are insistent on all or nothing demonizing half the country. I mean, at, at yeah. some point, these kids that they're trotting out are, are accusing at various points. They are equating people with child murderers. I mean, they that that kid at the town hall last night said hey marco rubio when i see you i see the you know i'm looking down the barrel of a of an ar-15 at nicholas cruz i mean if you think marco rubio and nicholas cruz are equivalents or even comparable in any way that's where you lose people who are interested in compromising yeah, yeah, yeah if i see i mean oh yes yeah, the were, 90s i mean if we were dealing with um an actual unbiased media that was digging into this the people that should be called child murderers right now should be the FBI, local law enforcement, people who had people who had authority. As um, uh, I would say that one of the best people that kind of goes over a lot of this stuff is Stephen Molyneux. He does a really good job dissecting these shootings, whether you love him or hate him for other stuff he believes or uh, pushes. He's right in this situation. The people who should be tarred and feathered in the public square are the people who had authority over this kid. And never stopped him. I mean, 
This kid could have been involuntarily committed at any one of those 39 times, and they would have found this kid is uh, – he needs to be contained. He needs proper mental health as an inpatient. Um, yeah. I, I'm willing to think that that was down to not wanting to fund and finance such a, an endeavor rather than um, tinfoil hat territory. Yeah. It, yeah, it, I, I'm not saying that they were planning this. I'm saying that this these people, they are culpable because they were negligent. They're guilty of negligence, not of actually planning it, but... You, you know yeah, I, yeah, and and to that extent, I still wouldn't call them child murderers, but I get the spirit yeah. of what you're saying. Well, they, it, they, it's the it's it's the hyperbole of the of the whole. I mean, this is where they're being fed lines. I mean, you toss around the term like child murderers; it's meant to invoke an emotional response. Yeah. <clears throat> well, well, and also in this entire situation, like this has only been a week, and yet these kids, you know, they are so gun ho about this. I'm just like thinking. Do these kids actually feel sadness about the entire incident? Or or maybe not sadness, but just like any shock still? I mean, I, I have to, I, I really try to hesitate from questioning their intent, questioning their motive, because that's what they keep doing. And it's so true. Honestly, yeah. it's just repulsive to me. Like if we can't agree, if, if we're yeah. really screwed if we can't agree that everybody looks at that situation and says that was terrible let's not have that happen again and talk about ways we can make it less likely Absolutely. if we can't if we can't grant everybody that premise or or that intent that it, it's it's um it's a really sad state for, or sad commentary on the state of our communities on the state of our culture on the state of our society in general so i don't know i mean i think i, I it is strange that there's immediate political activism as opposed to a, 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 a period yeah. of mourning, but but man, I hate what they're doing, and so I try to hesitate from doing the same thing to them. Well, if you get rid of AR-15s, and school shootings will cease immediately. Somehow, <laughs> uh, apparently, yeah. So I'm told, yeah. and that's that's what's annoying too. They there's act no like it is this like it's this obvious fix. So something that I find funny that the media keeps forgetting: back in the '60s, '70s, and '80s. Uh, before the uh, machine gun ban, you could legally purchase a brand new fully automatic weapon. Yeah. And yet there were yet l less mass shootings by far. And almost all the mass shootings that happened back then were, were something like the Dallas sniper, where he, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Dallas clock tower sniper who was using, I think it was a bolt action rifle or maybe a semi auto. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> the, well, uh, yeah. I think, uh, I think there's something like three documented cases of murders with, with an automatic weapon. Two. There were two. It's only two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two legally obtained. Was it one obtained. that was illegal? No, no, no. Were... Uh, no, no. The two of them, and one of them was a cop who killed his wife with a duty weapon. Yeah. Okay. Well, so what, my, my uh, position what, thus proves that fifty percent of all murders with legally obtained what, machine guns were done by cops. That means cops should be barred from having machine guns. Question: Was the, the other one the question? Was the other one uh, the Valentine's Day massacre? No, those were all illegally obtained. Okay, never mind. Almost all the gangster guns were illegally obtained. Okay, I was just curious. Hello, that... everyone. Hello, Hello. Ice. Damn it. Ice. Oh, and hey, there's a wandering, too. Yeah. I, I did all my homework. I did all my homework. <laughs> he was okay. wandering about. How's it going, everyone? Shut the fuck up. Okay. Uh, but yeah. what I was going to ask you, we know how much uh, automatic weapons cost back then, because I think that could be a fairly large determinant in back when? the number of people. 
Back before the uh, back before '86 or whenever it was, they were regulated. Yeah. Well, around '86, you know, it was still it was rather pricey because an automatic weapon did did cost a fair amount of money. Plus a two hundred dollar tax stamp. Yeah, plus two hundred dollar tax stamp. I'd say it was probably worth maybe a thousand or two more than the, your conventional firearm. It's gotten astronomically insane. It costs like twenty thousand dollars get an automatic weapon, and you know that's probably a, oh yeah. A oh, yeah, because, uh, no, no, no. Um, it's it's also a vintage um, M16 AR15s that are in the M16 configuration. It's with AKs. It's with anything fully automatic because it was the 19, I think, 84 or 86 Act. That 86. Shut, yeah, the 86 Act that basically said um, manufacturers you cannot produce um, new machine guns for, for for civilian sale. And all that did was basically move it from the enthusiast market to the collector's market. Okay. Um, I, I, I have a question, guys, uh, if that's okay, um, from an outside perspective. What is graded as a mass shooting in, in the U.S.? What's the uh, actual... Four or more people injured or killed. Okay. Um, they only have to be injured. No, no one has to die. That, yeah. Well, that's why I said injured or killed. Okay, that's yeah, convenient. Yeah. That makes this even easier, then. Yeah. So, of um, the requirement for that definition... What is the most frequent weapon used? Pistols. Pistol. Mm. Mm-hmm. So banning AR-15s will stop the mass, uh, the mass shooting. Okay, if you use all long arms, which include shotguns, bolt-action rifles, basically anything that isn't a pistol, there's about three to four hundred murders a year, or homicides a year with those weapons. Do you know how many people die every year from just uh, fists and feet in the U.S. in a homicide? Fists and feet kicks to death? <laughs> yeah. Bam, feet. Mm-hmm. Be ne- be hom- ho- unarmed homicides. Do you know actually, what the number is? Well, actually, that, yeah. seems more, that seems more physically likely than actually punching someone. 800, to death. Eight, so. There are 800 murders a year, in the, well, homicides a year in the U.S. from fists and feet. That means long arms are safer than people's, than a naked person. <laughs> well, I love seeing all these statistics where people are, uh, and this is something that was brought up against me by a professor. <laughs> I forgot to strike it down because I only realized this after the fact. Um, they always use the amount of uh, you know mass shootings compared to other nations. They don't account per capita at all. Dude, I saw Jenk. I saw Jenk using those stats on the Young Turks, Turks the other day. He said, um, "Look at this. Here's a here's a chart of guns in relation to to you know gun murders or whatever, and it clearly shows a lot of guns in the United States and a lot of gun murders, and then it shows a bunch of other countries way down on the other side with li- a little amount of guns and a little amount of murders. It wasn't even a per capita chart." So he was comparing like the U.S. to Peru. Also, also or not something. only that, but um, he isn't doing. Uh, all homicide because does it matter how someone was killed? Someone was killed. Yeah, that's the important part. But but, it to be a gun. Guns are evil. Of course. <laughs> of course. Just, people who point to the Australian buyback program as this great success. Do you know that two thirds of the guns that were estimated to exist in Australia are missing still? Oh, imagine 20 that. years and they don't know where they are imagine that yeah i know i know if the uh if the feds come to my house and say i'm here to take your guns i'll, I'll hand them over i'll say yes i, I that's fine here you yes, go officer also uh please have sets please have sets with my wife that's how i win in the end the guns are in the <laughs> well, counter my wife is ready for right. relations 
but um, ah yes, <laughs> the bedroom is right this way. But remember, guys, it's not just the AR-15s that are killing our children in the classroom because you know they walk around and do this on their own. Yeah, it's also them damn video games, dude. You know who actually said that was Trump at his White House meeting. I was so I disappointed. It's the oh, it's the movie. It's the movies and the video games they're getting. Video I, I, games. I, I, yeah. Intensifies. I, I, you know, you know, this this quote, this quote right here that I just because I'm, I'm perusing twi- Twitter as I as I'm doing this um, for the segment. Chris Raygun actually just uh, put up a tweet a little bit ago, uh-huh. well, a few hours ago. Uh, yeah, retweeting something from the Hollywood Reporter, a quote from Trump. I'm hearing more and more people say the level of violence in video games is really shaping up people's thoughts. Maybe they have to put a rating system for that. Raygun is asking, okay, who's going to tell him? Yeah. <laughs> I love Look. the way every Trump statement is qualified. I'm hearing more and more, or, you know, people are telling me. I'm hearing people say that Look, sort of yeah. thing. Look, he's Trump is using canned platitudes to try and keep things calm. That's what he's doing right now. Uh, no, I totally disagree. I think he's actually doing what he says he's doing and is trying to get rid, you know, work on legislation to restrict bump stocks and a bunch of other stuff that doesn't need restriction. You mean springs. I mean, I get it. I get that people are trying to look for ways to um, to offer concessions to the gun control crowd. But the problem is, like, you give them bump stocks, you could even give them the AR-15 age increase. This is going to happen within the next year. I guarantee there's going to be oh, another totally. one of these. And then they're going to say they're going to it's 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 going to be another sequence of events. It's going to be another thing that's going to have to be banned. It's not about bump stocks, it's not about AR15s. It is about yeah. well, ultimately disarming people and removing Trump their right to defend like their life and liberty and, and property. Trump says something like that and then he goes around and says something else. He says a uh, quote gun-free zones are like going in for ice cream for killers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I All think right. that's fair too. That being said, Matt, I do actually have one I brought forth to a lot of people in here. I want to bring forward to you. Yeah, uh, that might actually help curb gun violence, and that's, it's not going to curb mass shootings. Nothing sure. short of arming teachers is going to do anything to stop mass shootings. They're dropping the bucket. I, I, now, to actually curb gun crime, a good idea would be to make it more of an, or a rather, a more serious offense if you commit a violent crime with a gun on your person. Legal or illegal. Uh, it's called Project Exile. I think it was tried in Georgia, one of the Carolinas. Uh, basically, just having a gun illegally or committing a crime with a gun, first offense, minimum five-year sentence, tacked yeah. on to anything else. So wait, and wait. if you're caught this... a second time, it – was that? <laughs> I, I'm not sure I understood the premise exactly. You're saying committing a crime with a gun on your person, whether or not the gun was necessarily it, relevant to the crime? If you are illegal, well, it's a violent crime. Because with a violent crime, there's a crime that's. So if I like punch a guy while I have a pistol, no, 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 not that. Uh, What I mean is, if you use a gun illegally or you have an illegal gun on your person, it's a minimum five-year sentence tacked onto any other crime associated with it. Well, no, even then, I argue that say if you're committing a felony, if it's if it's a felonious violent act and you have a gun on your person at all. Oh, totally. You should get that tacked on five years, and this should apply to that as well. Because if you're committing a violent act and it's you know felony grade. There is probable cause for that you could have used the firearm, and it will in any way discourage people from committing those acts with firearms, generally increasing the likelihood of someone coming out alive. Uh, then, of course, you got to attack the knife issue, which I think is a very important issue to address after that. But I think that... Uh, I don't know. I, I could... Maybe I'm arguing an exception, but I could see a scenario... Well, I guess it depends... 
Well, um, it depends the, the what, thing is, what Project Exile was actually done. It was five years basically for illegal gun use. Then if you're caught a second time, it's 25 years. Overnight, they saw like a 70 or 80% reduction in the use of guns illegally. Oh, wow. So it was highly... Overnight. Highly... Yeah. Overnight. Okay. We need to make this federally mandated across the states. Sounds yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say I could envision a few scenarios in which you might commit like a property crime, for example, with a gun on your person... That would be felonious, but not even necessarily. But that doesn't count as violent, like a, pro- a property crime. Well, it depends. It has to be against a person, or what? It depends on how you define violence, and that is again, these are things worth discussing. But the, just to clarify, this isn't my idea. This is an idea that was brought forth by the Freakonomics guys. Yeah. And I think it's something worth discussing because I do think it could be a solution. It fits into libertarian philosophy, and it's like you know, it makes sense. And generally speaking, I think it would be a good idea for curbing, you know, crime in general. Well, hey, so it's, I'll have to get out of here shortly, but I got a good like, I got a good libertarian talker for you if you if you if you're interested on the on the concept of guns here. So of course I've been like battling a bajillion people on Twitter <laughs> who, are com- who are coming after feed. me with all the yeah, yeah all the nonsense in the world. Fist, any program people. It's like- yeah. So so one of the things I'm getting because. Because, of course, I'm going to defend my Second Amendment rights. I think they're very important. I don't want to concede them. But people keep coming at me. They say, well, why do you need it? It's like, first off, I don't need to justify my reasoning to you. That's what makes it a right. But second off, I believe it's important to defend my life, liberty, and property. And that's why I have these weapons. And then they come at me with, you know, they think they get you with like, well, you could you could defend those things with a nuke, bro. Why can't you have a nuke? And so, I, and so yeah, I know they really got me good, but I had to sit down. And I, well, that's but I had to think about it. I had to think about, OK, well, what weapons does my worldview protect then? And the way I framed it, the way I thought about it in my head was you have a right to your own life, liberty, and property. You do not have a right to another's life, liberty, and property. So any weapon that is sufficiently precise to protect your own without harming another's, I say, I say would be fair game. Now, that obviously would include fully automatic weaponry, for example. Well, I mean, but a, a good example would be if you would use uh, the FNP-90, which is what's known as a PDW, personal defense weapon, yeah. with frangible uh, 5.7 millimeters rounds it will not go through most walls at all it it can shred body armor but it won't go through a wall Hmm. so it's actually the ultimate defense weapon for a home so my my response to these people is if you can if you can with precision eliminate a threat to your life liberty and property without harming another's using a nuke if you can afford to do that, I am fine with you doing that. <laughs> I, is, is, is there a way I, to think about this differently? Own tanks, Matt. So okay. here's the thing: when someone is a, when someone is in that instant threatening your life, liberty, and happiness, that's what someone does. That's why you own. You know, you have self defense. Yeah. You, they, theirs is forfeit because they're in in that instant committing an act against you that would in any way get rid of yours that means that you must act in kind only in self in act of self-defense that's what self-defense is right because when you do that you have the propensity to kill you're not necessarily going to kill but there's a propensity to that end you should be allowed to own anything short that would be able that would cause damage strictly to that person or to them right so, okay. it should so be that's that's accordance. my thinking too yeah so it should be in accordance with the situation 
I mean, yeah, you can defend your house with a nuke, but how many other people are going to die that are doing nothing? Uh, well, right, okay, the, 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 and that's what makes it wrong. Well, the, utterly, the utterly hilarious thing is that you know, the defending yourself with a nuke is basically the endgame joke of the libertarian movement. You violated the <laughs> the NAP throwing nuke. Yeah, stop! You violated the NAP. <laughs> well, I think the okay, okay, okay. I think the more better comparison would be a seatbelt. I heard that argument so many times with the gun and self-defense. That that makes a more reasonable argument. Matt, before you go, um, yeah. a simple question then could could be asked to those who whose uh, view um, using gun as um, extreme. Where would what would they consider as drawing the line as to what's reasonable to defend yourself with? Well, see, and that's the problem. Is it's it's all this subjectivity, and it's all this kind of willy nilly. What, what, yeah. what, what can everybody agree on, or most people agree on? Where do you draw the line? What's what's the the highest well, see, tier that you are allowed to defend yourself with? Well, I thought we could all agree on things like. <laughs> I honestly thought we could all agree on things like handguns for the purest purpose, which would be self-defense. But it's clear to me that that is that itself is not even a commonly accepted opinion. There are plenty of people who think that a handgun in your home for the purpose of protecting your life and your property is a silly idea, even a crazy idea. So I don't know. I wish I I wish I could answer your question and tell you what their standard is, but I don't think they have one. I had one guy on Twitter tell me today he views all weapons as illegitimate. I, I saw that. That, that, saw that. That, that was my, that was my point, Matt. It, it wasn't, I, I wasn't asking this question for myself. Because I know silence. that it's not about the gun. It's not about which specific gun do you draw the line on. It's that all guns are bad and you're going to have yeah. to ban them. No, Matt, fuck it. We're going back to bayonets or probably sticks and stones. <laughs> okay, so fix bayonets to your well, baseball bat. And, and this is what's be- crazy, too. I mean, the distinction that person was making was I oppose things that are designed for the purpose of being weapons. But that's just it. Almost anything can serve the purpose of being it's a like, weapon. Oh, regardless of whether it's. The human fist is designed to. No, no. The human fist, the human hand, is designed so that it can be used in a fist form to defend yourself. Ergo, your his hands are a weapon. He should give up his hands as forfeit. Well, that's what I said. He should cut him off, but that's kind of a pickle because he'd probably have to use a weapon to sever them. <laughs> I have to say, Matt, that was right to bear arms was beautiful. Yeah, I also saw that is when someone made the uh, car comparison. It's like, oh, cars are not used as weapons; they're a mode of transportation. <laughs> talk about talk about Paris. Kill. Yeah. You can actually um, and, and all that matters yeah. is the intent of the user at the time. I don't care whether most people use it for and, it, and it's self-defeating. Are you telling me that most people use their guns for murder? That's statistically untrue, obviously. This isn't like yeah. Halo or Titanfall <laughs> or anything like that. We don't have smart guns. <laughs> oh man, that's the next thing. Yeah. God, I want to so live in the future with smart guns. Those gun? are such bullshit in that uh, game. Uh, oh, they are, and I love them. No, I hate but, uh, they ruined the first Titanfall for me. <laughs> no, yeah, they they're still around the second one, but they're just super nerd. Yeah, I liked the second game, but I, I the just had was fun. I played the campaign recently. The campaign was really good. Anything's yeah. better than the first game. Anything's better than the first. Now the first, first game was, was a fun. good. It was a good base, and they improved on it a lot for the second. Yeah. One. The problem is, of course, it wasn't Halo or Call of Duty or Battlefields. So no one gives a shit. Yeah. Anyways, anyway, yep. I, I I gotta hop off. Yeah, I, gotta go, go Matt, I do want to tell you something. Yeah. I got a buddy who's in uh, my uh, libertarian club at my college who yeah. just came in. He's kind of 
he came in this last semester. He's kind of left wing still, and you know he's he's come from the left. Yeah. I am gonna turn him onto your videos, so that Sweet. way hopefully he can kind of start moving forward. Because you know he has some problems. He's an immigrant, and he's you know from uh, Kenya, so he has. Yeah. He still <laughs> thinks some of the more systemic racism, systemic sexism stuff. I I'm gonna try and hopefully see if I, through you and some other well, people. Quick quick him. question. Quick question. I said, are you sure it's not Obama? <laughs> no, that's cool. And uh, before you, you know, the same year, Obama came back to Illinois, but that doesn't mean they're the same person. <laughs> that's really cool, man. Though, and, and before you hopped on, we were talking about. I mean, I, I um, I guess I was previously aware. We were talking about how you guys met through, you know, the podcast or my channel and stuff. I, it's all very cool, and I, and I thank you guys for what you're doing. And 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 if you're able to to spread these cultural values, well, even on a one by one safe space during the week, um, yeah, Matt, because there was nobody gathering at your uh, server during the week. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't even go on Discord. I, I just go on there to do the call-in show, and that's it. I but, have um, noticed. I mean, but, yeah, uh, I mean, people in the Batclave, we have people all over from the United States. We have people from uh, Britain. We we have one poor criminal from Australia. Yeah, I mean, have- but that's how this stuff happens. Is It, it, it literally is on a one-by-one personal basis, and, and you get culture, meaningful cultural change yeah. over time. And so it's important that you guys are doing that, and I appreciate it. Anyway, that I start talking like that, and I start sounding like a politician or something. So <laughs> you're gonna uh, love it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, appreciate it, guys, and uh, no I'll I'll be in touch. Uh, it's it's good to hear from you guys. So thanks Absolutely. for joining us. See you around, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by.